When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. It is June 7th and this morning, David Roddy worked out for the Denver Nuggets, posted a ton of content on social, some videos of him shooting, some audio of him talking about the workout. I'll have an article that comes out later today as well. By the time you're listening to this podcast, that article should be out, um, if not shortly after. So go check that out as well. But I caught up with Brendan Vogue of the DNVR Nuggets beat. And he just kind of gave his thoughts on today, what the vibe was like. Mentioned, you know, Roddy got a lot of FaceTime with head coach Michael Malone and the GM Calvin Booth, which is huge. We talked about what his fit would be in Denver specifically. That's actually something that we talked about a little bit in the past as well. But just now that he had a, a chance to meet Roddy and, and see him in person and and all of it, it was a really fun interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Before we get to that interview with Brendan, though, are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet, get $150 in free bets instantly. If you're looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals, do so with the DraftKings same game parlay. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same game parlay. They won $5,000, five G's y'all. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win. Total threes made, total rebounds, boom, you've got a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code DNVR, make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals, get $150 in free bets instantly. Again, that promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, what up, y'all? Joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, we've got Brendan Vogue of the DNVR Nuggets beat, DNBA, DNVR Rockies, a man of many, many talents. And today, he was able to go check out David Roddy as well as a couple of other guys that worked out for the Denver Nuggets. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a CSU fan, you're interested on on just kind of how everything went. There was obviously a ton of social media content being posted from Ryan Green, uh, the DNVR Nuggets account, a whole bunch of other people. Anytime you have a local prospect, there's going to be a lot of hype. So I guess first things first, what was kind of the the vibe surrounding David Roddy's workout with the Nuggets today? How, how did it go? Did it go well? Were people talking about him? 
Yeah. So obviously in the NBA world, we don't actually get to watch anything. They bring us there for the end and we watch guys kind of shoot it around. But any workouts and practices themselves are closed. Heard some good things about, about David's workout that he shot the ball well. They know he's a workhorse. They know, and they know all about the intangibles. You know, this is of of guys you're trying to to pin down in the draft. Hey, what do we know about this guy as both a player and a person? I would imagine they feel about as informed on on Roddy as anyone at this point. So he was in many ways the main character today, definitely with the media. Uh, got a lot of FaceTime in with the Nuggets brass who were all in attendance today, as was Monte Morris as well, Mr. Nugget. What was your impression of David Roddy? Obviously, you know, I, I know him really well at this point. I mean, I'm pretty sure I did the first interview with him when he was visiting CSU way back in the day, like three years ago. I really like the guy. I, I feel like he's just one of those that he, he's always going to do well in interviews. You know, some players are going to come off really humble. Some players are going to come off really cocky. He's always been kind of one of the more humble guys. Do you feel like that that helps his cause at all? Yes, because he's humble, but he's not meek, right? He speaks very confidently. I think he's he has a lot of self-awareness. He, he's good with the media. He's very comfortable being himself and in his own skin. Um, I don't think he views himself. I, I think some guys can can go through the whole AAU thing, the college thing, and come out of it just feeling like they are the man. And that can be for better or worse as they enter the next level. And there is a much more sort of humbled thing with Roddy's game in particular in that if you listen to him describe himself, he's not, he's not talking about being anyone's top scorer or, or franchise player, right? He, he wants to, he wants to do dirty work for teams. He know he'll be asked to do that and he's willing to play a lot of roles. So there's a very, uh, there, there's a groundedness to him that I think will serve him well. Well, and I think that's really important too, just understanding what he's going to have to be at the next level, because yes. it's one thing. And, and this is actually something that I talked about on my podcast on Saturday or whatever it was when I kind of, just dove into what this decision means for CSU moving forward. And as well as kind of what I see David's chances of, of making it in the NBA being, but that's what I talked about is, you know, in the mountain West, he's a guy at any point that can just go and get you a bucket. Now, obviously you want him to be able to create his own shot. You want him to be able to, you know, hit open shots when he has the opportunity, but he's not going to be a guy that you're leaning on to, you know, go for 20 right. a night. And, and really, if anything, it's, it's not about taking like big shots and impressing that way. Obviously you do have to hit the shots. It's, I feel like it's more important to just do the little things, you know, the dirty work and not force up bad shots. Just don't be detrimental and prove right. that you can be a role guy and you don't have to be the, the focal point of the offense in order to be successful. Yeah. The Michigan game gets brought up a lot, right? Where it really looked like, obviously they're huge and he really struggled to just find it's his tough game. It was his worst game of the season. It was really unfortunate points. He just, yeah. he looked overwhelmed by that size. And, and so there's two things you can say about that. Well, the NBA gets bigger, right? Uh, everyone's longer. It's going to be harder to score, but be at the next level. It also won't be ball in his hands for guys watching. What can you do? Exactly. Um, so he is going to be a fill in the gaps type of player at the next level, you know, diving at the right time, fighting for rebounds, Guarding guys that, you know, he calls himself a three, four. There are going to be fours that are a lot bigger than him. You know, is he willing to, to really grind it out? And I know he is. So th those are the types of things. Um, he's a connecting player offensively. I just think he's a smart player, can keep the ball moving, can take advantage of windows. 
but I don't think he's a guy who's looking to, to force anything. So I, I think he can actually benefit from moving away from the, the guy role, uh, even if he will have to navigate a different sort of physical landscape. Well, and I think that he's mature enough to handle it. I mean, one of the things that I've talked about, there have been guys, I think, that have been talented enough scorers that have come out of CSU in the last decade to carve out an NBA role, you know, as a role guy. One example that comes up is a guy named Gian Clavel. He was a crazy ISO scorer, kind of like Allen Iverson, like crossovers. I'm going to shoot a three. No, no, no. I can't believe he just drained that type player. Right. right. Really, really impressed. Really talented. He couldn't make it in the NBA because when he got out to summer league, you know, he was so used to being the guy and having to, you know, play with the ball and, you know, dribbling for 20 seconds, to create his own shot. He wasn't willing to, you know, be that six man or whatever you were going to be the dirty work guy, go get the rebounds, go hit the shots. Roddy will do that. And I think he recognizes, especially given that he has kind of a unique stature and that he is kind of a tweener in, ter- in terms of the position stuff. I just think he's going to get it. Like, I think he's going to go into this right. with the right mindset. That is what I was hoping to learn today. I mean, there, you have to limit the takeaways in a, in a pre-draft workout setting about as much as you can. But the question I always like to ask guys is, do you feel you have a sense of what's going to get you drafted and get you paid at the next level? And you're looking for that self-awareness. And today, my favorite response from Roddy, the two guys he brought up for player comps were Draymond Green and PJ Tucker. He said, I think right now in the NBA, people covet people like me in a certain archetype. And the PJ Tucker one is just perfect. That to me shows a really high self-awareness that he understands that that sort of uh, kind of blue collar, I'll give you anything. Oh, you need me to guard the guy four inches taller than me for 40 minutes. I'll go do that for you. I, I think he's got a lot of that to him and he understands that to be valuable at the next level, it's probably not going to be getting a lot of buckets. So that was a good, that was a good thing to hear. I really love the PJ Tucker call. Well, kind of off of that. And this is something that we, you know, we talked about the last time I had you on the podcast, so we don't have to make all the same points again, but is there a role in Denver for David Roddy? I mean, he got asked today, he brought up, you know, I can hit open threes, you know, Nicola could kick it out to me. I can guard one through five. I think he understands even in Denver specifically what he would be doing. Do you see a role potentially for David Roddy this next season? A week later, do you feel any differently now than you did last time we talked? Yeah. I mean, it's not as clear cut and dry as, I mean, if he were two inches taller, right. Yeah. And I know maybe more of a fluid athlete and more of a three, you know, a three point shooter in the conventional sense. And obviously he, he shot well in college. Um, but some questions about how that translates, then it'd be very easy to say, boom, he's that wing. But the thing with Roddy is he's kind of like wing size, but more of a four in how he plays. So these are things that could work against him in this process as teams try to figure out exactly what you just asked me. But again, Denver is in a position where they know better than someone just sort of looking from a distance at a scouting report where, okay, there are these sort of tweener components to him physically, but we know about the intangibles, about the willingness, about the work ethic. And so, you know, can they figure out a usefulness for a guy like that? I'm I'm sure they could, uh, but he's not a glove on hand fit, you know, the way some guys in this draft are. I think for him, whether it's Denver or, you know, wherever he, he ends up, he just needs to be in an organization that has a clear cut plan for him. This is one of the things that he told 
me and, and a couple of the Fort Collins guys after he officially, you know, elected to stay in the draft was that, you know, he, he doesn't care where he goes. He just wants to go somewhere where they have a plan for him. And, you know, right. whether he gets drafted or not, you don't need to just, this is what we think you can be. This is what we're going to do to try and get you there. Not, well, you know, we think you're a unique player and we'll just kind of throw you around and maybe you'll work out here or maybe you'll work out here. I think that would be worst case scenario for David. Hmm. You think he needs a plan? I mean, I, we did talk about Toronto as a team that worked him out where you sort of like the way they develop guys and and maybe they, they would have some idea of what to do with them. Um, again, though, I just, I do think if he can get there, you know, sort of find that opportunity, take advantage of it, get some confidence underneath him. Again, that we talked, it's so much about how he doesn't fit into box A, B, or C, but this could be a good thing at the next level. A lot of great players you would give that same description to. So, you know, I think he is very much a guy who, who gets him first, what they want to do with him, what that development and coaching staff looks like could make all the difference in whether or not he, he even stays in the league. I think that's spot on. All right, we'll get right back to that interview with Brendan Vogue momentarily, but I got to shout out the homies over at Sexy Pizza. If you went to any of our Broncos tailgates last year, we had them at every single one. They are the bomb. And starting June 2nd up until June 12th, our fans can actually get 15% off their entire order when they use the promo code DNVRAVS. That's D-N-V-R-A-V-S. If you're at home, you're watching the abs, maybe you got some buddies coming over, Maybe you're just at home eating a solo pizza. Nothing wrong with that. Do it with Sexy Pizza. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. With 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. Whether you go with the 12-inch, the 16-inch, the 18-inch crust, it does not matter. You're going to find the right fit. Add on all the fixins like wings, salads, pasta, knots, dessert options, you name it, they've got it. Personally, you can't go wrong with the garlic knots. I love the cinnamon knots too, but there was just something about those garlic knots. I'd eat like 15 of them before I went into the Broncos game. If you're drinking, it's perfect. Absorbs all the alcohol. Just a great scenario. Don't forget, they've got vegan options. They've got a delicious 12-inch gluten-free crust. No, Literally, no matter what you get, you cannot miss at Sexy Pizza. To order online and get 15% off your order, go to www.sexy.pizza. Use that promo code DNVRAVS, again, D-N-V-R-A-V-S, and get 15% off your order from June 2nd through June 12th. Does he feel like a Michael Malone type player to you? What is a Michael Malone player to you? Yeah, work hard, work really hard, care about defense, care about winning, um, be a good teammate. They, one thing that David has that a lot of guys in this locker room don't, it, like he strikes me as a particularly vocal dude, I, just willing to sort of speak up, not necessarily be a leader of a pro team or anything, but guys who talk on the defensive end, guys who you know are willing to build relationships with their teammates, willing to ask questions, willing to hold each other accountable. There, there is a, a work hat kind of put your work hat on thing that Malone is a sucker for. That's we saw Facundo Compazzo's minutes extend well beyond probably what was reasonable for that very reason. I think there are a lot of things about Roddy that Malone would love. Um, particularly that I think Roddy Strixby is a guy that loves the game and understands the game and is willing yeah. to work hard. And those are things that, that Malone appreciates. Since we're talking about him, I will say Roddy's also knows what he's doing. He got a lot of FaceTime in with Malone 
and Calvin Booth today. And, and just, he took about every opportunity he could to just get that FaceTime in, which is smart, just smart. So I do think he, you know, the type of guy and player he is on some level is innately appealing to Malone and Booth. Got to schmooze a little bit. I, I think you're spot on though, on just the, the vote, the vocality that he could bring to the table and, you know, not necessarily being a guy that's going to come in and be like, all right, I'm running the show now. Cause right. I think, you, you know what I mean? Some guys, they, they do that. And then other people are like, what are you doing, rookie? Like, shut up. But he was a high school quarterback. And that was something that they brought up on every broadcast in the college games. And like, it became a meme for CSU fans. Like, yes, we all know he right. was a high school quarterback. Right. But I do think there are some like leadership characteristics there. And obviously just, you know, having to get your team lined up and, you know, operating an offense. And it, it just... I think it brings a different mentality to the table. And I do think we saw that come out at times where he kind of like is the quarterback on the floor, you know, like, Hey, you get over here, you go over here. This is what we're doing. Or, you know, after giving up a big run, he would be the guy that would bring the team together and, you know, just having that conversation. Like, all right, like, you know, let's slow it down. Like he's just always been wiser than his years. Right. Right. And I think that's going to be, you know, like you said, he's just a smart basketball player. And I do think he's going to have to end up in the right fit. Like, I'm not bold enough to just, you know, he's a 10 year yeah. NBA guy, but yeah. I do think the talent is there. And I think if he ends up in the right situation, he could be a very valuable player for a good team. It could absolutely go the other way, right? He could go to the wrong situation. They never find that role. What's his top skill? You know, you see him fighting for, for spots. Maybe it's G League, maybe it's overseas, but there, you also can see like the, the path where a team gets it right. And you're going, well, no kidding. This guy contributes at the next level. He, he's a winning player. So the draft is so weird in, for guys like him. Again, not not to belittle, not to belabor the point, but not fitting neatly into a box can work against you. But th- th- this is a guy who I think will be a worth a flyer to someone, even if not in the draft, Justin. At least a summer league invite. You know, and that's really where you I look look at Denver and go, you know, if if it were to slide all the way to undrafted, like someone's going to take a version of a flyer on this kid, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I feel confident enough at this point that I'd say he will be playing in summer league somewhere. It's just a matter of, you know, is it just a mini camp invite? You know, is it a you know, does he get a two way deal from someone? Does he get a guaranteed deal? Does someone take him early in the second round because they like him so much? It's it's going to be really interesting. I don't. I just, I hope it works out for him. He was in such a tough spot. And, you know, we kind of talked about this last time, just, you know, you you could come back and you can make a deep run. And then maybe all of a sudden you are a first round pick, or, you know, maybe you just relatively stay the same and you're a year older. And I, I think he probably made the right decision as much as it kills me to say it. And obviously this is, it's going to be tough for CSU. The Mountain West is going to be really deep. They go from basically being one of the front runners to, you know, kind of the middle of the pack now, but I, I just don't see how coming back would have put him in like that much better of a position. I just think he could have refined a few things, but I don't, th- I don't think it's the difference between being like a top 20 pick and, you know, right. not getting drafted. Yeah. Teams probably still have the same set of questions about him. That they, That's what I mean. Like, I think he yeah. could have proven that he was a better or a more consistent post defender. And I, I think that's going to be one of the big question marks about him at the next level. Can he consistently defend guys that, you know, like you said, they're going to be fours that have, five, six inches on him. He could have done that. Other, He could have become a little bit better of a ball handler. 
but like we said, it's not like he's going to be running the offense at the next level. Anyways, he's got to be able to dribble, but he's not a liability dribbling anyway. Right. So I'm, I'm not worried about that. I mean, yeah. I just don't see that many things where he could have been like, yes, if you do this, this other than just like CSU going to the elite eight or something and him getting to play and, you know, a bunch yeah. of big games on national TV and getting the, the glow up that way. He's going to have to earn this one way or another, not to say that he hadn't it with the way he's played, but I oh, just, yeah. People are going to die guys where you talk about your path, you know, undrafted or G league or second round pick who grinded and, and stayed in the rotate. He's just going to be one of those guys that has to earn every inch, but that can be exciting too. You know, in a lot of ways, he seemed cut out for that. So he did, he did, you said it was probably the right decision. I can say he said today that it was the hardest decision of his young life. He says he loves those dudes and it wasn't easy. So that, that was clear. And we did get to talk to him a good amount about what it would mean to him to stay in Colorado, which he called a second home to him. And, and Colorado has his heart. And you could see how excited he was to be in the Nuggets facility. So th- there, there's there's a lot of feel-good elements to, to whatever this story will be as well. I'm really interested to see how it plays out. Before we, before we let you go here, I'm just kind of... You mentioned that he got a lot of FaceTime in with Michael Malone with... Um, you know, some of the, the front office brass. Is that a common move? Like, do you see guys do that pretty typically? Or was that kind of a savvy thing on his part where it's like, oh, this guy gets it more than others? I, you know, only get to see so much of these workouts. So I can only say it felt to me like the latter. It felt like before, I think I thought I heard him say to himself even before he left, like, oh, let me. And then he turned around and went back one more time, you know, and I do think he gets that part of this process. It's more than just workouts. You know, they are spending time with this group that they've come in. Um, you know, that can be lunches or dinners or whatever, but they are getting Cause again, that's one of the top things the front office wants to try to gather as much as they can is data on who you are, not just what kind of player, but who you are, what kind of professional person are they drafting? So I, I, I did get the sense that he understood putting himself in front of them, you know, as a person and not just a player as much as possible is a good thing. And, and as we've talked about a fair amount, Justin, there's some real interest there. It's not, I don't think that's feigned. I, I think he's the type of player in person that, that intrigues them. Could you see a scenario where Denver potentially trades back, like in, you know, explorers taking him in the second round? Yes. Yeah. Um, or definitely that flyer if he were to go undrafted. They don't, you know, they don't like him at 21. <laughs> I can say that. I mean, it's, but, it's a deep class. I mean, I love David Roddy. He's my favorite college basketball player of all time, probably like at this point. But I mean, you got to be realistic about the scenario. Right. You know, it's it, it was kind of like Trey McBride. You know what I mean? Trey McBride was the best tight end in America. He was the first right. tight end taken, but he got taken at 55. Right. That, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just exactly. how it goes. But I do think, I mean, they're, they're keeping all options. They're trying very hard not to tip their hand, <laughs> trading up, trading back. It's all on the table. And should they trade back? Who knows? Depending on how far back may, maybe it is the Roddy destination, you know, wouldn't bet on it, but it's, it's on the table, on the table. Well, I'll certainly be rooting for it. I know a lot of people in Fort Collins would as well. It would just be so perfect, you know, like, I got the good relationship with him already. Right. You know, I can, I could, I could usher in the area. Be like, this is my guy, Brendan. This is my guy, Harrison. They're going to treat you well. He can come on the show like Bones does. I mean, it just yep. feels too perfect. It, it's fine by me. And getting to listen to his first scrum today, I'm fine if they draft him at 21. Just give me someone who talks. That's fine. He's he's great for content. I can. He like, is great for content. As yep. somebody that's had a lot of athletes on the podcast, and where you know sometimes it's like. 
All right. I'm really got to pull anything I can out of you. That's not yeah. David. Like David could host at this point. Yeah, he could do his own show. He and Sean Keeler were practically doing a podcast in that scrum. So there's a lot of back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, w- I was impressed by him. And uh, that, that was my first time meeting him. So that was that was just cool as well. You know, DNVR athlete. And I, be- I, I became a fan a bit myself. So impressed by his college tenure and hoping for the best at the next level. Well, Brandon, I always appreciate you giving us some time. We'll definitely get you on the podcast again. I know I'm going to be on the, the Nuggets show at some point. A lot of cross-collaboration happening right now. It's a, it. it's a lot of fun. But uh, I seriously appreciate you. And hey, thanks for being flexible. The, the audience doesn't know it, but it was, a, it was a stressful day. Anytime, brother. Happy to do it. I only seem to write when the words, they don't come to me. I'm staring at this page and I swear it stares back at me. Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings. It's been 35 and I ain't even wrote like half a thing. Rhymes that make sense, but more lines that didn't. I was walking with my headphones, heavy bumping pivot. Simplistic white pages, they dreaming we were famous. They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas. And features, those ain't favors. My mood rings an alligator. Spit like Vader with the saber, steady kicking it like Prater. Staring at white pages. It's habitual behavior, check the flavor, that's some sage advice But confidence a great disguise, and certain lines are idolized Like yeah, I'm fine and I don't mind, it's out of sight, it's out of mind And I've been dwelling on my past just to see what I can find Lost and found memories of places I designed And my imagination's dimmer now, but I swear that I can shine Look me in the eyes, and I hope you walk in my shoes Only talking haikus, cryptic like it's high school Funny you can click around and find my shit on iTunes only seem to write when the words they don't come to me staring at this page and i swear it stares back at me i've been doing that for days see staring at this page i've been doing it for weeks staring at this page and it almost makes me weak that's pathetic it ain't hardly had that deep fuck i've been dreaming i've been dreading i've been hardly half asleep counting sheep like it's beats rhythm and poetry and my verses seem better when they're not between the lines and my cursive seems neater when it's ruined half the time these songs sound better before they're online before i've heard this same beat about 600 times and the graphite from my pencil seems to smudge and not shine staring at this page and it almost seems fine and i probably erased about 600 rhymes read between the lines see the blank and all the happenings it's been 45 here's a song i guess it's happening and i only seem to